What did you have for breakfast this morning? I had uh, strawberries and kiwis, which is very unusual, but that's what I had this morning. <laughs> Why is that unusual? Well, because here in the Dominican Republic, we, uh, we have something called mango, which is mashed plantains. Uh, and usually that comes with like fried eggs, fried cheese, and fried salami. So today was a healthy day. Hi, I'm Tim. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast celebrating the resiliency of the human spirit through conversations with extraordinary people. We talk about all aspects of life here, imposter syndrome, breaking free from the script, living with intention, boundaries with family, what it means to be vulnerable, and the fact that we're all really just making this up as we go along. We're not perfect. We're not alone. We're only human. Today, I'm joined by Laura Pena. She's a daughter, a sister, founder of She is the Universe, which is a global platform that inspires and empowers teenage girls around the world, and also founder of Jello Monsters, a creative design lab that's focused on storytelling through motion graphics and design. So, Laura, you moved to New York City in 2005 from the Dominican Republic. You have a scholarship to go to the art school at Parsons School of Design, and then you wrote that a few years after you feel like you're doing all the things you're supposed to do in life, you feel like you're on this train going a million miles an hour, and then suddenly you stop and think, is this where I'm supposed to be? Where were you supposed to be? Well, I think this is a question that I'm still trying to answer, but it is, I think that we're all works in progress. That idea of like, you know, is we're sold this idea that you were supposed to like, get there but that there keeps moving right so there's you know where I was supposed to be was what I knew for sure then and I know for sure now is that where I was going was not at all where I wanted to be I was I was going to where society was telling me that I was supposed to you know I joke sometimes of how in the Dominican Republic, and I'm sure this is in other countries, when you're learning science, they teach you that when you, um, you, this is, the, you know, the life is like this. You're born, you, um, then you grow, you reproduce, and then you die, basically. And so in between, you know what? <laughs> I never thought of it that way. <laughs> yeah, it's like naces, creces, te reproduces y mueres. That's it. You, you're born, you grow, you reproduce, and then you die. And then I, I refuse to see life that way. I'm like, no, there's, there should be more to life. And, and so that idea of, you know, a job and then a house and then the dog and then, you know, well, the marriage first and then all of those things. And then the, you know, being successful by the, by so, you know, by someone else's definition was where I was going on that train. And then I realized that that's not at all where I wanted to go. Um, and which, you know, that question led me to, question always led me to my next place, not necessarily the answers, but the search of the answers. 
So I, I was wondering what, you know, if that was not my life, what, what was, what was I supposed to be doing? And, and that led me to, you know, funding She's the Universe and working with girls all over the world and going around and building this amazing um, global community of women and girls. What was it that made you stop and think, you know, am I supposed to be here? Is this the direction I want to be going? Was there some specific moment in your life or was this more of something that happened over a couple of years? Yeah. So there is, you know, people always want to know exactly if this was a moment. And I think for some people there is a moment and there was, yes, there was a, a specific moment, but I think it's a combination of many moments. Um, but there was a big, big moment that, you know, came to mind now when you were asking me, which was, um, you know, I was coming from work and I had a nine to five job and that I was like really unhappy there. Um, and I come to the house and I was married and I see my, my then husband and I, you know, and I felt like I was opening the door and I felt like as if my life passed by my eyes. Like, I, you know, when you're about to die, you see your life. Well, I saw my life and, and I saw my life as a, you know, like this movie where the day repeats itself. What's it called? Groundhog Day. Yes. So I saw that like super fast, like all of this, all of this. And then I was like, whoa. And so I look at him and I ask him, he's like watching TV and this is what we do. We come from work, we cook, we watch TV. And I was like, is this it? And he's like, what? And I'm like, life. Is this it? Like, is this life? And, um, and for him, it was. He was really okay with that. And, and I was like, no, there must be, there must be more. And, and I always remember this as a, as a moment that, that really changed me because, because then I was like, where if, if this is not it, I was, I, I was really scared because this is all I knew. Like, I didn't know there were other ways to do life. Like, you know, I didn't know I could open on my own company. I didn't know I could do my own thing. I mean, I was so far from that. Um, but that, that was a big moment for me. That's huge. I mean, especially understanding that the partner you're with isn't on the same kind of plane as you in terms of like expecting more and wanting to, to go after more. What, yeah. Was that like, uh, the way you describe it, it sounds like it was a an understanding between you two. Was it that smooth or was this a little bit more complicated of like, you know, oh, wait, you don't want this. I don't want this. We got to do something about this. Or was it kind of no. amicable? Yeah, at that point, like after that, there were many years in between that and and when we actually got divorced. I think it was like maybe okay. maybe two maybe two years. But this was the first time that I remember really questioning my life. Um, and 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 so something I want to say about that is like I what I understand now that I probably couldn't understand then because I wanted I was in this like self like growth thing. You know, I was like reading all the books. I was like doing all of the, I got introduced to like coach the coaching world. I found someone that was a coach. I never heard of this in my life. And then, and then this kind of opened up, but like, there's this thing and there's, you know, I started doing things out of my comfort zone. And, and in doing this, I, I wanted him to do the same. I wanted him to like jump on this other train with me. 
and he was very comfortable there, which I, I, then I saw it as a, you know, as complacency, that's the word, or like, as, you know, like, why don't you want to grow? I think if you're not growing, what are you doing? And now I know that everybody is in their own, you know, journey and some people are not in that journey, you know, and, and and maybe they are, it's not the right time. And this is, it's really hard when you're with someone that, that you love and that you know that if they kind of like, just go with me, I will show you. But if they don't want, like if someone doesn't want to go there with you, then there's no, there's no way. There's just no way. So it's, yeah. But it's, but it's understanding. I think for me, it's very important to, to understand and to know now that, um, there's a right time for everything and for everybody. Oh, I love that. I, I think it's so interesting hearing your story and what really connected with me when I kind of discovered you in your story is it's so similar to mine in terms of like, I felt the same way of like this direction that I'm going in and this life that I've created that is arguably, like you said, kind of society's directed life doesn't feel right. And then that question, I love how you said, is this it? you know, coming home and just saying, is this it? I, I felt the same way. Like this is, you know, it's not so much that I didn't enjoy the life at the moment, but I, there was more to it. I thought, um, it's just, it's comforting to hear, you know, that you've had a similar, it's always comforting to hear like, Oh, I'm not the only one that was through that. So I guess, thank you for, for sharing. Yeah. And when you're going through that, you think you're crazy. I thought I was crazy because I was yeah, like, why, yeah. you know, and everybody's like, but you have, because I, in paper, like on paper, right? Like I had all the things that I always wanted, right? Like, why do you want to do anything? Why do you want to shape this structure that you built? Well, because I built it not because I wanted to build it. Right. But it's so, it's so good to hear when people are, when people are like in the same, you know, path. Yeah. I love, it's so true. Like, I mean, I think I, you know, I have two children. And so at the time I had two kids, the house, you know, my wife and I and my ex now. And like you said, on paper, it's like, well, that's a good job. You know, I had a good job. And so I had everything, right? Like I I achieved life. I, I, I beat the boss at the end of the level and I achieved life. But like you said, it's like, well, no, that's, that's just such a simplistic way of viewing it. Kind of like the mantra you said at the beginning, uh, you're born, you grow, you reproduce, you die. <laughs> like, yes, that's true. But oh my gosh, right. there has to be more to it. There, and there is so much more, you know, and, and I think that the only way that you discover this is by actually being brave, you know, and, 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 and going out of your comfort zone. And, you know, it's very cliche because everybody's like, go out of your comfort zone, but it's true. And I'm saying this as I am in this moment in my life, thinking about the next step. And I'm like, but I don't know, you know, and, you know, having, yeah, like going in this next phase that I feel like life is taking me. I'm wondering if this is, you know, is this the correct thing to do? Is this other thing the correct thing to do? What is the thing to do? And we, I think we get stuck a lot in, in trying to find the right way to do things instead of actually just doing the next thing. 
And I'm saying that. this as I also need to hear this, right? Like, sure. Ah, I know the next thing. Why do I focus so much on what is? I want to know the whole plan before I take the next step. I need to know the whole plan. And if I learn something, is that the the next plan it won't be shown to me, as I believe that there's some, you know, like there's like this weird thing guiding me. I won't get this view until I get to the next step and I won't see the whole thing. I don't think that's, that's, um, you know, I think that when people tell you exactly what the plan is, I mean, if this year shows us anything is that you can have the whole plan figured out your whole life figured out and things can change like this. Right. Yes. I think 2020 <laughs> showed us all that <laughs> planning yep. is only relevant to a certain, I, there was a meme I saw and near the end of 2020 that said, or maybe it was at the beginning during when all, all of the COVID stuff started. That was like, you know, everyone who had their five-year plan five years ago is wrong. Like your five-year plan was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, you know, is there, is there any confidence in a five-year plan at this point? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think we get fixated into like having all the things in place before we do anything. And then, you know, we get stuck. Yeah. I think the unknown is just scary for humans in general, but I, and, and so discomfort then is scary. I am such a believer as you are in s pushing yourself into discomfort. Um, I think there's so many ways to grow from that. What, what are some ways that you kind of push yourself into discomfort? Um, well, by sometimes, um, a big way for me is to do things when it doesn't make any sense to anybody else. For example, so <clears throat> pushing myself, like I'm, I'm a planner. And even though I'm like the five-year plan, ha ha ha, I like to plan. Okay. Like I'm, I'm a planner and, and knowing that I, that I have, um, that, that I can, you know, that I'm not the way I can, I lost my train of thought. Can you tell me again what you were asking? I got, yeah, sidetracked. Oh, well, I was asking, I was asking, um, how you, <laughs> what are some ways you push yourself into discomfort? But now that you mentioned your planner, I'm curious, is the board behind you yours? That has to, <laughs> oh yeah, has there's another one right here. There's another, yeah, <laughs> so that's it's, our a, it's got a bunch. Okay, yeah, because it's got it's yes. got four columns, a bunch of post-its. It says action in one column to do, doing, and done. Yes. So yes. Okay, because it's so interesting. You're you're describing how you're a planner, and then I see you behind you is a, a big board full of post-its that appear and to there is these are my four months calendars. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep, so yep, yep. Yeah. 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 So I. <laughs> yeah. How does being like, a planner then? How does that relate to to getting into discomfort? Right. Well, that I know that I want to have a plan and sometimes I throw the plan out the window mm. because of something that I feel that I'm like, this doesn't make any sense, not even to me. Right. And then I just, you know, for example, when I was, as, as I'm doing Tuesday universe, um, it started as a, as a film project. So I was going around the world filming all these stories about girls and I was in Peru and I went to Cusco. And I felt like I needed to pause, but I had a mission. So I, I was there to interview girls, but I just needed to pause. And I was there for a month and it was so uncomfortable because I had a plan and this, like my desire to stay there without knowing exactly why 
was really, really, really hard. I mean, it, it seems small, but it, but it is really big for me as a planner. And um, I met the person that is now, um, that's helping me with the project. Her name is Sara. I met her there by chance one day that we were in the same city at the same time. And this happened because of the time, the right exact time. And this was me following this crazy idea of just stay here. That's one thing. Another way, I quit my job. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm from a third world country. I, I you know, I'm <laughs> quitting my job. It's not something we do here without having a really, really solid plan. Um, but if you want to know the biggest one for me is living a nomad life. So I don't have a home and that is really, really uncomfortable, especially now that we're in the pandemic. I was like, we're, we're, everybody's going home, right? Like the people that are traveling are going home. People are staying home. Like where the heck is home to me? Like, where do I go back to? And I'm with my mom now. Um, but I, but, but that for me. I've been living this life since since I got divorced, so since 2015. I've been I was in New York in and out, and then I just went. I live out of a you know a suitcase, a small one, and in my Philip equipment, and that's it. And that is a way that I push myself um, out of my comfort zone. Wow, going to, also, I'm going to add one more that's coming to sure. my mind. Go, going to a country without knowing anybody or the language. Or going to Iceland where I don't know the country. I have not read really a lot except that they have the first uh, woman president. As someone on Facebook introduced me to this woman, this woman said, you can come and stay with me. And I was like, okay. She went and picked me up. I don't know this woman. And I stayed with her for 15 days. And she's a really great friend now. But then she was a complete stranger on the other side of the world in a country that, where I didn't really, really speak the language. So those are some of the ways. Oh, that's fantastic examples. I mean, that's kind of the extreme side of the equation is... I go into the extremes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I agree. Living out of... You know, I enjoy traveling, and but I mean, living out of a, a suitcase and not necessarily having, you know, a home to go back to, I think... I think people in general just, you know, I think our, you know, our human nature is to have some place to go back to. If we're away, we go back. And you gave the great example during the pandemic, everyone was going back, right? Or they were at least going somewhere to settle for nine, 10, 11 months. Um, That's a, yeah, that's a pretty extreme example. Does that ever feel, I mean, so you've acknowledged that you are intentionally putting yourself in discomfort by living out of a suitcase and living a nomadic life. Does it ever feel too uncomfortable or has it starting to become more comfortable as you've you know the years have gone on it is um it is more comfortable of course than from you know at the beginning um but i think i've always been a nomad at heart i feel like i've Mm. always had this sense of i i can go anywhere and feel and find a sense of home um because for me my home is my community and people and you know whatever i go I feel like I I can find that. And and with the online world now, it's really easy to have, you know, I've learned to maintain my friendships even if I don't see them. Like my friends are like really close friends, even if I don't we're we probably haven't seen each other in years. And you know, still and they're still there for me. And I consider them my really good friends. So 
it, it, it gets, it gets, it gets hard sometimes when, when something like this happens. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think you wrote, I'm not sure where you wrote it, but you wrote that in October of 2013, you had set an alarm on your phone for January 16th, 2014. I'm curious, what was that alarm for? What's the significance of that day? So I wanted to quit my job and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And so I, I wrote my resignation letter. I put an alarm on my phone. And then I didn't do anything. And then I was like, oh, tomorrow I'll do something. You know, I will, the right time to actually quit. And, and then I put it off, put it off until I actually forgot about it. So when the time came with the alarm, the alarm goes off. And I'm at my work, sitting in front of my computer, eating lunch and being miserable. And, and I started, you know, crying. Because I was, I really thought by then, like I was sure that by then I would, I'll, I'll be out of there. But what I realized is that some people can just, this is where I'm not as risk, a risk taker. Um, I won't just like quit my job without having a financial security, right? Like I think that is a little insane. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to do it, but I think that if you, if you, if, if you know that's what you want, then you can plan it and you can prepare and get ready. And so at that moment, I realized that unless I actually took action and made a plan at least, I was never going to leave the job. Like I was there for six years and I, you know, and, and, and it was, it was hard. And, and that day I started to make a plan and I was like, okay, by this day I need, I will do it. And so it was like for my birthday, April 23rd, and so I was like, if I'm going to do this, I need to backtrack what needs to happen before that day from today to this day, what, what needs to happen. And so how much money do I need to have in the bank? How, you know, how much, um, how many months do I want to be covered for? And the most important thing I started planning, how can I reduce my expenses? Like, what can I get rid of? What do I don't need anymore? Um, but yeah, that's that's why that's why that date's very important to me because that's what that was like. If I don't do anything, nothing's going to happen. What finally made you set the date for the the April then and to actually take action? Because the first time you kind of forgot about it, the alarm goes off and you realize, oh, I didn't do anything. This is terrible. Was it just that that moment of crying of like, you know what, I need to actually do something this time? Yeah, I think that at that point I was just into the self-help world so much and I've been doing so much work on that and um that I realized that that I I I could continue complaining um but if unless I did something nothing was going to change I it was like a realization that nothing was going to change unless I actually did something about it um and the day just because it was my birthday and I love numbers and I love dates so and it was it was perfect it's like four months i was like i can do i can i can save enough yeah. in four months did you quit your job on your birthday then i quit my job a month before my birthday so i can give them a month um, okay yeah, yeah yeah no 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 i i i wanted to be out like i wanted that that i wanted to be 
completely on my own. And, and actually, my company, when I started Jello Monsters, it is um, the day that is funded is April 23rd as well. Oh. So it's like... Yeah, that's kind of fun. Yeah, that's a fun a fun date then for you. All sorts of meaning. Yeah, all of them. How did it feel then after you you gave the notice and then you <laughs> you were done with the job? I mean, what did that next day feel like once you were out? So liberating, so freeing, so scary. <laughs> like like what do I have I have one client. Um and that was it. And I didn't know how I was really going to get more clients. Um, so it was very scary. But, it, but, I, but I knew that this was the right thing to do for me. But I didn't know before, right? Like, I didn't know. I, I knew after I did it that this was the right thing. Um, and I think that one of the, you know, saving and knowing that I had this cushion for a few months was, like, really helpful. Um, it's always scary because I was like, oh, when is going to run out? You know, this like lack mentality. But, um, but I had to trust that things were going to work out and they work out. So, yeah. Is it, is it hard to trust that things are going to work out? Oh, so freaking hard. So <laughs> hard. So hard. I think this conversation is making me really like see how I am. I am at the same place. <clears throat> so this, this, she's a university is a project and, and it once, I feel like it came to my life as a, as a gift. And, and I feel like it kind of guides me. It's really weird. Unless you're woo, you might be like, what are you talking about? But I'm a little woo, which is, which means that I'm, you know, spiritual not religious but i like believe in something else and this there's you know the name of it came in a dream to me things just like sometimes if i follow this guidance weird voice that kind of sometimes very quietly tells me what to do if i'm meditating most of the time that happens um but i feel like i'm in a place where i need to take this to the next level and that is very scary to me so I'm, I'm at that same place. I feel like I'm at the place where I was before with a lot more experience where I have to really commit to, you know, because I'm, I'm doing my project and this at the same time. Like I'm, I'm working on my clients and I'm also working on She's the Universe and She's the Universe requires a lot of my time and nobody's paying me for this. So I need to... You know, I want to go and form a nonprofit so I can continue doing the work that I'm doing. Um, and at least I don't have to, you know, keep putting out of my pocket for this to continue growing. And um, right now we have three girls with scholarships going to university. And so we want to grow this. So in order for us to do this, you know, it needs to actually be sustainable. We have people, we have a community, beautiful community who's helping with that. Um, but we want to continue expanding. And so this thing is asking me to like, really like step it up woman. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Is this the right thing to do? Were yeah. those scholarships created from she's the universe? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I have, I wish I had it. Let's see. I was showing it to someone else. <gasps> I do have it. Okay. I'll show you something. This, I think you might find this cool or very corny, but I will show it to you. Okay. So 
last year, the beginning of the year, you know, same beginning of the year, I, I had this envelope. I don't think you can see it, but it says scholarship and it says uh, the goal and it says funding three girls by December 2020. And we funded three girls by December 2020. By, like, by, at the beginning of the year, we had already the girls. Oh my gosh. So you wrote that, that purple envelope with the gold writing on top. Yeah. You wrote that at the beginning of 2020? Yes. With the goal of the end. And you did it. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. There. Uh, yes, two, two of the girls are on their first semester and one just finished also her second semester. And it's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. I mean, you have directly, like, crazily, positively impacted these girls' lives. I mean, they're going, they're getting an education because of you. Because of me and the community, right? Yeah. Not just me, right? No, I'm but, sorry. But the, it, the movement yeah, you right, created. Right. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Because of me getting out of my comfort zone and me getting out of my own way. You know, like, I was wow. like, when I, when I wrote this, I was like, how do you think you're going to do this? And I didn't... At first, I was going to do this myself. This was like for me. This was my thing that I wanted to do. And then I realized that it would be so much fun to do it with other people and to actually give people the opportunity to be part of this. I was like, this will be so cool to actually do it. Like see these girls grow with a group of humans together. That is so fantastic. You're making me now want to like write down goals for this year, for 2021. And honestly, I am scared that if I write it down and I don't like, then I'm... What if I don't achieve it? Like, what if I don't? What if I get that envelope next December and I realize I haven't done it? Okay, so I'll tell you Even if I cool. tried, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so this is what I do with my mom. <clears throat> Before the end of the year, every year, we've been doing this, I think, since 2015. We sit uh, on the 29th or 30th, and then we write down the things that we want for next year. And so it could be like really something really outrageous or something super simple. You know, last year... For some reason, we all wanted health in this house. And we're like, health. Not a bad thing to want. (laughs) Right, but I didn't know that there was going to be a pandemic, but heart was like huge on everybody's list. Um, And so even if I don't do goals, I'm I'm, I'm having a hard time doing goals this year. I'm having a hard time planning. Like this planning happened because I was like, okay, if I don't do this, I will never do the things that I need to do. But, But I'm having a hard time setting goals this year. Um. But apparently, it helps. That envelope is so inspiring. I know. Just seeing it. it. Yeah. It's It's so special. So, so special. And it's so cool, right? Because I, I'm thinking, oh, I'm helping three girls. We're helping three girls. But there's one of the girls that wants to be a teacher. I mean, she's, she's going, doing that. And, and she opened her own little school. She lives in a very, very poor neighborhood. And she's, she has eight students already. So it has multiplied. Oh, my. Yeah. I mean, the exponential. <laughs> I mean, this is like, oh, I can't yeah. stop smiling. That's so fantastic. Yeah. Congrats. But also, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you for saying that. I love doing this. But I love how you said it's because you, you know, you stepped outside your comfort zone. You, 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 you stepped outside. I, I call it breaking free from the script. Like you decided, no, this is what I want to do. And I'm going to break off from whatever, you know, maybe prescribed path I was on. And I'm going to go this way. I feel like that, again, your story resonates so much with me because I feel very similar. I feel like there's so many of us out there. How, how do we, what's your advice for, I mean, we talked a little bit about 
stepping and pushing ourselves into discomfort, but what are some other ways to sort of break off that script? Like, you know, I'm sure you felt it too. You're on that path. Like you said, you got home. Is this it? But even after you ask yourself that question, how do you actually, what are some ways we can pull ourselves out and then push ourselves onto the new path? Well, another question that I got asked, right? Like I, I went into my, after I asked this question, I got divorced. I went into, I wanted to put my things in storage and just go on the road, you know, give them all my things and then um, put some in storage. And so I was at this uh, place in Bali and there was like a, it's a co-working space and they had this um, network thing, networking thing. They asked this question to everybody. They asked, what, like, um, the question was, what is the thing that you'll know? What, what was the question? Well, what is the thing that you're most afraid of? That was the question. And, and so the thing that I'm most afraid of is losing my mom. But I was like, okay, but I cannot control that one. What is the thing that I'm most afraid of? So that was another moment, right? Because the answer to that was to leave this earth with all of my gifts inside of me. So not having explored all of the, my potential. I know that there's so much but I, I, that I haven't even like touched. And, um, and I think that for me, that made me wonder, like if I, if I were to die tomorrow, what, is, what, is, what, what are the things that I really want to explore? What do I want to do? What, what, what things I've always wanted to do? And so I started making a list. And so I love making lists. So I think to people, like, make a list of all the things that you love doing that bring you joy. It doesn't matter if they bring you money. Because, of course, we all need to make money. But at that moment when you're wondering that, doesn't necessarily have... And sometimes, you know, people, we all think that we have to, like, this new thing that we're going to do, that it has to be the thing that brings the cash. Um, and I don't think that necessarily has to be that way. Like we put so much pressure on like our gifts for them to actually also make money. Sometimes, you know, your gifts could be like, all you want to do is, is go to a place and read to kids at the hospital, you know, before they go to bed, like that might not bring you money, but that will bring you so much joy. So, you know, make a list of the things that bring you joy and see how you can do more of that. Um, to get your question was to get out of your comfort zone. What's another thing? I think um, making like, if, for example, if I'm going out, this is very silly, but but it's so powerful. If I'm going out to the supermarket and I always go this direction, maybe today go this other direction. Just like you know, just like try new things. One thing that I did. This is a little crazy, but I was into this. Okay, what do I do? Because I had that question. What do I do to push myself? So I started Googling events because I was like super scared to speak with people. Like I I couldn't do this that we're doing right now. Like I'm super shy. I keep saying I'm shy. I don't think I'm shy anymore. I was an introvert. I'm I'm an introvert. So I, you know, like it's weird for me to be in spaces where there's so many people. Like I can talk to you (laughs) one-on-one forever, but like there's more people here, more than three people actually, I kind of like shut down, but I wanted to like go past that. Right. Like I wanted to like really learn to be in a setting. If I, you know, if I wanted to change that, 
I had to put myself in it, like put yourself in thing that you want to change. So I started looking at events and I found a wedding in Brooklyn, you know, Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So it's really weird. Brooklyn is weird, right? I don't know how weird. So there's a wedding and, and they're inviting guests to the wedding. And so I signed up because I think it's an event. I, I really didn't thought it was a wedding. It was a communal wedding. And so I decided to attend this wedding. So I, you know, go to Brooklyn um, and I'm in line to go in. And people are asking me, are you friends of the group or the bride? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, neither. (laughs) (laughs) But I went into the wedding and I met them and I, you know, and I was like, you know, I am here because I saw your wedding on an Evan Bride and, you know, page. And, and they're like, oh, we didn't thought anybody will show up, but we put it out there because we wanted to be open. And so that was so cool because I got to meet so many people. There was so, it was like such a weird, amazing community. I couldn't understand what community was until that day. I really saw what community could be. And that was me out of getting out of my comfort zone. Um, I also found a weird thing. This woman, she was doing, um, she had a skipping club. So basically, you pay like $20 in New York. These things happen, right? And you'll go <laughs> skipping with her. So like, you know, skipping. Da, da, like just da, skipping da. down the sidewalk? Just skipping down the sidewalk. Yep, that's it. And so <laughs> I signed up for that. So that's it. Like, I think that day I signed up for so many things. And I'll be like, what are you, like, why are you doing this to yourself? This is so silly and ridiculous. Like, why? But I will show up knowing nobody. Um, and just, you know, so I think that putting yourself in the middle of the thing that makes you the most uncomfortable, um, can be really life changing because that was life changing to me. I love two things about what you just said. The first I love is what you just described. Like the skipping is a great example. I've learned myself in the past couple of years. It's so important to show ourselves like we don't know what we don't know. And I feel like it's so important to expose ourselves to things beyond what we understand or that don't seem normal to us or that aren't part of our regular everyday life, because then we can understand, oh, this is something that exists. This is, I mean, you know, like, yeah, that the wedding and the skipping, I think those are great examples. Um, I also love how you said about taking a different way home. I did this the other day. I went for a walk at a forest preserve by my parents' house. And when I left, I normally would take a right to head back home. It's the most efficient, quickest way back to their house. And I intentionally took a left because I knew it would go down the country roads. It would take longer. And I thought to myself, it's a Saturday. I don't have anything going on. There's no reason for me to get home as quickly and efficiently as possible. So I took a left. And this is kind of... um. It's, it's suburban, but sort of rural. And two deer are crossing because there's woods on either side of the road. And they cross the road. And I thought to myself, if I never had taken a left, I never would have saw the deer and just never have had that experience. So I love that you brought that up because I'm lately I've been trying to do that more in my everyday life. Just simple ways. Like if I normally go left, I'm going to go right. Or if I normally go right, I'm going to go left just so I can try something new. Yeah, I love that. I think, and I love that you saw deers. Like, I love deers and how they jump. Choop, choop, choop. <laughs> uh, but you, you know, it's, it's so, it's so, it's a small 
change, right? It's like small changes. Exactly. Um, and sometimes you don't have to quit your job, right? Like not everybody has to quit their job. Um, but but like, what can you do that's, that's going to be uncomfortable, that you know that you have to do? And sometimes you don't know. It's, sometimes it's a notch. Sometimes it's not like a big, I have to do it. But it's like a, it goes to your mind and you're like, what if? What if? Right? I love that. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. So she is the universe. I mean, I'm, I can't get over still that you got three scholarships for those three girls. That is just like, you could just hang up your hat now. And that's a huge accomplishment. I know you're only getting started. Uh-huh. What, where did this whole idea come from? Cause I, I looked at your website and as you mentioned, you started with kind of doing these videos of all these different, uh, it's mostly teenagers, right? Kind of uh-huh. from around the world. Yeah. Um, and it's just fascinating, but where did you even, I mean, that's not an easy undertaking, but where, where did it even come from? Like, where did this idea of let's go around the world and talk to teenage girls and share their stories, where did that come yeah. from? Yeah. Well, so, um, I, I always have so many ideas, right? Like after I was like, if I, you know, if I, what, what are all my things that I want to do? What are, you know, what's my, the hidden gifts that I have inside that I don't know of. So I had, um, you know, I keep record of my ideas and projects that I'm working on, but I, by none of my projects will take off. Like I will be like, Oh, is this the right thing? Or oh, is this the right thing? Like I was, I was always like, you know, trying to find the right thing. What was the right thing to do? Um, I mean, I think we're so used to it that like we go into Google like best restaurant in town. Like, oh, yeah. we, you know, we, we seek get the perfection. Ask, we seek perfection. Like, yeah. So I'm like looking for this perfect thing. And I, so what I did, I was, I had a friend and I was like, Hey, listen, I, I, I don't know what else, like what, you know, how to, how to choose what project to work on. And, and so I prepare a presentation for her, like a PowerPoint. And I was like, these are all my projects. And then, you know, with her help, I got to see, the connection of all of them, you know, like it, it was all about traveling, women, and storytelling. Education is big there too, and so that was like the first. Oh, okay. So then I had in my mind, right in the back of my mind, oh, maybe women. Maybe I can work with women and girls. Like, what does that mean? I'm a designer. <laughs> you know, like my brain is like, this doesn't compute. Like, what? What are you talking about? Like, it's crazy. So the first thing that I I, um, and then another friend was visiting my country and she wanted to volunteer. Um, and she wanted to like find different places to volunteer. And we found this organization called Mariposa, the Mariposa Foundation. And so the Mariposa Foundation is an organization for girls. It's an after school program for girls. Um, and, and they take girls that are in this community that's like really, really, uh, underprivileged community where um, where girls really don't do sports or they just, you know, most of the time they're doing the chores at home and they're not, um, you know, being kids. And so the idea in this place is that the girls learn how to swim, how to ride a bike, how to play basketball, how to do surfing because there is a beach town. And so I come to this place to bring my friend. And when I'm, I still get goosebumps when I'm talking about this. Because I walk in this hallway and they're giving us a tour and I couldn't stop crying. Like, I just could not 
I guess I, when I cry, there's a, it's a good sign. Because I start, start crying and bawling, and I'm like, because I'm Dominican, right? And I'm like, what? like you cannot walk on the streets in the Dominican Republic without a man yelling something at you, catcalling you. Not even if you're eight years old. So this is something I grew up with. And then seeing that this is a safe heaven for these girls, and, and you know, there were quotes from different women in, in Spanish and English and French, and I'm like, what, what is this? And so I, that, you know, I think that was the moment where I knew that I wanted to do something with girls. Like I really knew I was like, this is, this is really, this is like a confirmation. And so I went and volunteered there and, and I was teaching them animation, you know, like I, I, I was like, Hey, I want to come back and do this. And so after this, um, long story short, I, I was meditating one day. This is crazy because, you know, either if you believe it or not, I, every day I was doing this, I was trying this thing where I will, yeah, this is very, this is something that everybody can do. Um, just this idea of manifesting something into your life. Okay. Get ready. I'm ready. Okay. I thought this was a little silly, but I was doing it because I really wanted to know what was next. I knew that I wanted to do something with girls. I knew that I had all of these projects and ideas, but I didn't know how to make this happen. So I will write every day. I will, I will write by November 1st. I think it was November 1st. By November 1st, I know, so in present tense, right? I know what the next step is. And I'm very grateful and happy. And I will write that a few times. And I wrote that for a month, every single day. I will write down by November 1st. So date, with the date, in present tense, and saying exactly what I, you know, what I want and saying thank you as if it's already here. And then I'm not kidding. By November 1st, I'm meditating. <laughs> and it comes to me. It's really weird. It was like traveling, filming, girls. And that was it. It didn't come with instructions, right? Like, I didn't know all the details. Yeah, yeah. It just, it, it, it got very clear in my mind that I was to do videos. I mean, it was so, duh, like, you do videos. I, didn't, I was not a filmmaker. I'm an animator. Right. So I had to train myself as a filmmaker from there to when I put a date. And then and then I really had to sit down and work on it. Right. Like I every day I will write what this could be and then talk to people about it and then write some more and then really get really, really super, super clear about what I wanted, at least what I wanted to start. Yeah, that's it. It's a long story, but that's that's I don't know how to make that story short. Oh, no, I love that because I think, I, I don't think it's corny or anything at all. I think there's something to putting your mind in a space where it can be open to possibility. Like, I'm a big believer in that now. Um, and, and I think everyone has their own techniques, whatever works for you. But yeah, I, I know myself, I was so close-minded. Like, just your example of the sidewalk skipping, right? Like, just, you know, so many of us would would walk along the sidewalk and see two women skipping together and sort of brush them off and keep going. Right. We got somewhere to be. How many people would stop and just start skipping with them? Right. Like 
I think it's so important to like leave your mind and train your mind to be open to possibility beyond what you already know about. So I love that because you, you know, like to me, that's what you were doing over that time of writing that every day, right? You were kind of like training your mind to, yeah, I love that. Focus on this, right? Like I'm asking a question and it's, it, it says that, you know, the mind is, it's there to solve problems, right? Like it it wants to solve a problem. So if you give it a problem, the problem was like, I need to know the next step. But, but in a way that was not stress, stressful or anything, it was like really like relaxed. I was like, what is the next thing? And then one day just like, you know, something that probably was there already, like it was very obvious. It just was very clear. So, and, and I love what you're saying about like everybody can find their own way because another way, another, like, what is it that gets your mind clear? Like I run when I run, which I should do more because it's so helpful to, you know, help clear my mind. When I run, the, my best ideas come when I run as well. So yeah, what is it? Is it cooking? Is it doing the dishes? Is it yeah. in the shower? Take more showers if that's it. <laughs> Do more dishes if that. It's a cooking. What is it that gets you in the in the flow of you know of like being very present in the moment? Absolutely, I, f- I love. I'm a big biker. I love biking outside, and that's definitely. I think physical activity in general, uh, it does well for me, but like biking after I'm biking, like I have such a clear mind. So I agree with you. As long as you can find, identify what that is for you. And it's, it's so powerful. Yeah. You, you mentioned earlier, you were talking about how you eventually started your own company um, and how that wasn't necessarily on your radar or anything. Uh, But if I understand your mom and dad opened a business early on, what was it after college? Um, so did you have entrepreneurs in the family? Well, so what I, I probably mentioned that somewhere, but I, so no. So my mom and my dad, they work for other people their whole lives. Okay. They, they try to start things, but they, but they fail. So I never, I didn't grow up. Um, I didn't know that this was a way of, of doing life. Did you know that they had tried uh, those ideas? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I actually, when I was in, um, in college, I worked with my dad in one of his, his, he started many things and one of them, um, I was working with him. So I saw him, I saw him fail, but he tried. And so I, I knew that. Um, and my mom's, um, yeah, my mom always worked for other people, but she was, she was a freelancer too. She was like, she will work at home as she's an accountant. She, she will have her own clients, but she never, I never really connected that she was yeah. freelancing, you know, like I didn't know that that was a thing. Um, but my brother was really, he had his own job and then full-time job. And then he was running also a company at the same time. So, and we quit at the, the same year, my mom, my brother and I, the three of us quit our jobs. So your dad had ideas and maybe they didn't all succeed, but I got to imagine like, you, like you said, you sort of uh, working with him and, and, and just being around him during that must have sort of, maybe not even consciously, but in your head, you were like, oh, well, he does this. I, I wonder if there's right. something. But I, right. But I never thought that I could do this. Like that no. this was not a thing. I, I knew that I wanted to start something or a project, but I never thought that I could. For me, it's so normal that you will be at a job. That was the thing. Like I was just like trying to scale, you know. Um, inside a, someone else's dream, but I, I didn't, I didn't 
Yeah, I really didn't connect that you could do that. In America, we have this whole system set up where you're, you know, get college degree and then get a job with a college degree. Make sure you go to good college so you get the degree and then work for somebody. And, you know, it's like we're never really taught or exposed to another path unless I feel like you have parents who didn't take that path or were entrepreneurs or, you know, did some other non-traditional trajectory. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we I'm, I'm in a small uh, country and and everybody, you know, the competition is really tough. You know, everybody, you have to be really good. Um, and But you're supposed to have a job. Like, you, you're going to work for someone else. Like, this is how you get trained. Um, so, I mean, when I, when I graduated from graphic design, this is what I went to school for here before I went to New York. I, um, I was the first. I got a, a bachelor's degree and graphic design. And this was not a career here. Like I'm one of the first three women people in the country that graduated from this at that level. Um, I had no idea what I was going to do for a job, but I knew that I was going to work for someone else, which I didn't know that how easy it would be to actually do graphic design as a freelancer. Um, and, and, and I think that a big push for me was actually my ex. So this is something I'm very grateful for him that he actually believed that, that I could do this. And he was like, yeah, you should do it. You should do it. You should do it. You should do it. Um, until I was like, maybe I should do it. (laughs) So, but I know I really didn't thought that, you know, I was like, that's not what you do. Like you just work for someone else and you grow until like, until you know all the things you need to know all the things. How are you going to do business if you don't know anything? Exactly. Yeah. You got to have that perfection all laid out before you can possibly get started, right? I feel like that's yeah. where we always, we always land. Yep. Yep. Perfectionism. Killing so many ideas and dreams. I know. Oh, I'm so like, I'm such a believer that we don't need to be perfect. We need to iterate. We need to start, fail and, you know, do our best. But even I, all the time, I'm doing things where I'm like, you know, writing something and I won't, you know, show it to anyone or move on to the next step <sighs> until it's the perfect draft. Like, I want the first draft to be perfect. I was just doing this like last week. And it's like, <laughs> that's not how writing works. Like writing, but you're just like, no, I want to, I feel like it's this representation of me. Like, I want the first draft of a Tim document and story to be perfect because then people will understand Tim's a good writer. And Tim, Tim, how do we get like how do we get out of this like pattern? Because I have the same thing, right? Like I yeah. on my phone, I write ideas. Um, sometimes I have ideas when I'm running, right? So I write them down and I write the title of everything is post because in my mind there's going to be a post someday. And when I started this, you know, this trend. I thought that I was going to like post and then come home and then put it on a blog. I have more, I have like hundreds of posts oh, wow. that have never seen the light of day from like 2013, 12. It's embarrassing. But it, but I don't think it, it's embarrassing. Know. I think it's great. I think it's as a creative person, I think it's fantastic that you keep those juices flowing, even if they don't get published publicly. I think it's so important to just keep them going. Yeah, but I but I wish I you know I had the courage to actually share my writing more. Um, I do it sometimes, you know, like I post something on Facebook, and I'm like, okay, I did it. I post my post. 
But I, but I think that, you know, they deserve. Or maybe no, like I heard someone actually saying how sometimes, you know, I think you say something about Diggy right now. Maybe I'm making this up. But he was saying how when we're, sometimes those things are not the thing that's going to get shared. That sometimes you're just like digging, like this is like digging through dirt. And this is like you uncovering the thing that's underneath all this. And this is how you have to let it out. I think that people that actually share their process, they're really brave, but I don't think everybody has to share their process. So I don't know if that's me getting like, you know, letting myself off the hook or this is just like, you know, it is, is it true? I, I think it could be either. I mean, I think there's truth to both sides. I think for me, like when it comes to why I do or don't share things or why I try and be perfect on the first draft, there's two things. The first is, Instagram, for example, anytime I'm writing an Instagram post to promote or just share a story and a conversation from this podcast, I feel like I have to do it in a way that is not perfect, but at least is like perfect enough that it'll resonate with people and get their attention. And I know there's techniques for doing that, right? Like there's good writing techniques to, to, to share stories in a way that will grab people's attention and get them you know excited and hopefully become fans. And so I'm always worried about am I doing this right? Right? Like, am I, there's something out there, someone knows how to do this and I'm not doing it right. I got to make sure I'm doing it perfectly and right. So that, you know, all those other people are promoting stories. I can be in competition with them and which is just kind of silly. And the second thing is when it comes to like just sharing, like I'm kind of like you, I don't share a ton on social media as compared to other people I know. And for me, I'm just always saddled down with like, Nobody cares about mine story, I, I feel like. And it's so terrible because I know that's not true because I started this podcast because of other people's stories. And mm-hmm. so I feel like it's so important for every one of us to share the amount of our story we're comfortable with. But I still think that like it's this weird dichotomy in my head of like no one cares. I care about everyone else's story, but I don't think anyone cares about my story. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. And I, you know, and I wonder how many of us have that and we don't share it because I have the same thing, right? Like I'm, I don't, I don't share it. My mom is like, you should share more about, you know, the things you're doing. I'm like, yeah, I know. I mean, like I don't, I, my website's like, oh yeah, some people know, you know, I have it somewhere that I'm doing scholarships, but like, you know, I was like, you should share more about your own story. I'm like, yeah, maybe. Will anybody care? Maybe. Yeah, like, exactly. But it's so important, but it is very important. But, it, it, you know, it, I love, thank you for being so honest because I can be honest too and be like, yeah, I think the same way about myself. Um, in, in a, in a, I know that this is not true, right? But there's a part of me that it's, as you're saying, it's like this too, like the devil and the little angel speaking to you at the same time. Your story is so good. You should share it. Nobody cares about your story. <laughs> All <laughs> the time. Fine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the perfect way to describe it. Laura, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. I am so enlightened by our conversation and really thinking, you know, it's fate, I think, that we're recording this in the first couple of days of 2021 and that you showed me your purple envelope with your 2020 goals achieved because now I'm thinking about you know, maybe I should set some goals this year and actually 
work toward opening an envelope at the end of uh, the end of this year. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this. This is like so great. So great to have this conversation at the beginning of the year. It just, I'm motivated by this, motivated by this. So thank you. Thanks for listening to We're Only Human. Before you go, I would love to know what you had for breakfast this morning. Just send me an email, tim at we'reonlyhumanpodcast.com and let me know what you had for breakfast this morning. Thanks.